coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. It's time for the finish line with Mike Melby on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Start your engine! Good evening. Welcome to the finish line. My name is Mike Melby. I am now a charter member of the tow crew at Eagle Raceway. <laughs> uh, they didn't kick me off, at least. Um, they wanted to throw me off the tow truck at one point, I think, though. Uh, we are joined in studio do? tonight by Cole Newhaffen. Uh, Cole, I know it's your first time on the radio, so don't be nervous. Just you and I talking and Rebecca and Austin yeah. just sitting there recording everything and putting it out to the world. So Sounds just good. a good time. Uh, Cole is the crew chief for Jason Danley, the 2022 Eagle Raceway Sprint Joey. Car Champion. He is a guy that jumps in for some big races with Cole Macedo, or sorry, Carson Macedo on the World of Outlaw Tour. And I know you got a good relationship with Cole as well. We'll talk about all that stuff a little bit later on in the program. But welcome to uh, the finish line here on 93.7 The Ticket. Yeah, thanks for having me. Okay, right. can I ask how you actually say the last name? Uh, Newhoffen. Newhoffen. Okay, yep. we got it. And it's uh, Dutch, German... German, I think. German. Okay, there we go. Newhoffen, we got it. Yep. Sorry. So All righty. Sure. So um, last night, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking on the air about, I know what goes into behind-the-scenes stuff, working on a car, what you do all week. I know what goes into putting a racetrack together, cleaning a racetrack, all that stuff. And it's like, man, if we could share some stories and put a spotlight on some people. And a guy who... Um, I think I cursed his first marriage. Uh, I'm the one that we got it all set up for him to propose at the track. Uh, they got married, and it just didn't work out. At any rate, Kurt Bonner reached out, and he said, hey, the tow crew would love to have you and or Rebecca come out. And I'm like, oh, I'll get, yeah, yeah. sign me I'm up. Next. I'm yeah, in. I'm next, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we got to get you out yes, there. going to be probably going to, it's going to have to be next year. But at any rate, so last night, um, Brian Dieterman's kind of the, the guy that seems to be in charge of the whole thing and ran everything last night. Uh, Kurt Bonner was there, Will Barr, Bill Soderstrom, Jordan Bellafuel, I believe. If I'm mispronouncing it, Jordan, I'm sorry. Uh, Dylan Green, Taylor Paw, Jeremy Adelman. He's the guy that drove the tow truck I was in. And then push truck driver Mike Peterson. I got to jump in with him while oh, he was pushing yeah. off some of the sprint cars. I do that. Yeah. <clears throat> he is a couple steps on the other side of one of those guys you want to ride with. Uh-huh. I will tell you that okay. right now. Uh, it, and the thing is, what I took away more than anything, I spent a long time there. I announced a lot of nights of racing. We counted on those guys time in and time out. And I don't want to say I kind of took it for granted that, you know, they knew what to do and that they did it really well. I knew they did. But seeing everything that goes into it and understanding, I had the, the headset on, so I was able to listen to all the communications. You can hear what uh, race director and track owner Roger Hayden is telling the guys in the cars uh, through the race saver. So cool. they cool. can't talk back. Right. You know, it's a one-way radio. But then you also hear all of the, 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 tr- the track crew and the safety people and their radio and all that goes into it and all the behind-the-scenes stuff. And it's, it, it's cool to get that mental picture and get the audio behind it. But what those guys do in that the, the, the tow gang – they have got specific duties. I was down in turn one and two with Jeremy, and it, he was driving the tow truck that I was on. And when you get up and, and watch the track, I, I'm a fan. I want to watch the race. Yeah. I learned very quickly. You can't. You can't. You <laughs> have an area of the track that you need to watch. And those guys are very diligent about it. Um, and then I know Brian Dieterman stood down uh, 
at the bottom of turn one, and I stood over there with him for a while. It's a little freaky. I'm not going to lie. By the way, uh, Jason Danley almost ran us over during the four wide. <laughs> um, I think he was aiming for me. I told Brian that. He's like, he's never done that before. I'm like, well, I'm down. I, Jason probably was aiming for me. So, uh, But, no, it was. it's an unreal experience. Yeah. And the vibrato and the, the feeling of the sound, and you know this from being in the infield at Knoxville and other places, Houston's. Mm-hmm. That sound, it just vibrates your soul. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. You're up on the stands, you get it. It's loud and all that type of stuff. But there is a there is a, a, a vibration that happens yeah. through the ground in your body, uh, in there when all the cars are going around the tracks, especially when you get to the features. But those guys, man, they all know exactly what they're supposed to do. They don't talk a whole lot. There's not a lot of times where they There's go, hey, yeah, yeah, everybody come over here. We need to stand up and uh, up front for the anthem. Yeah. They all know exactly when to go where at what yeah. times during the night. They were able to pay attention a lot more than I was, and I had a radio to what races were coming on the track and when they were coming on the track. And I'm like, "Am I? <laughs> are you guys hiding communication from me? But they always all knew. They're all moving in unison. Right. I use uh, Donovan Riola, who makes the comment, he, his offensive line, they need to have like one symphony. set of eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just one solid movement. That's what that tow truck team does. And the EMTs that were down there are very fortunate. They didn't have to be used last night, but I've seen them in action. I know what they do as well. Um, But it was totally incredible and got a little dirty, got a little muddy. That was part of the fun of it. But there was an incident last night at the track, and it was was very disappointing um, that that you had a guy that, that... decided to ignore the official's orders. Uh, the guy that was oh, no. right in the thick of things in the stock cars, uh, Dylan Richards, he's in the national points. He's in the hunt for a national title. Uh, he's dry, driving a, a car that's owned by Jordan Grabowski. Uh, he's, he got into an argument with officials last week over a, a, a penalty that was assessed. And he ultimately lost all of his points for the night. And then last night he showed up and – he got a little rough with the guy, didn't necessarily move him out of the way, but it raced him pretty hard. Mm-hmm. The guy took exception to it and turned him. Oh. And so he's running for national points, et cetera. And, mm. and so uh, Dylan Richards eventually was involved in two other cautions and was black flagged. And he was told over the radio, oh, wow. you're done. Okay, Get off the track. Yeah. We're no longer scoring you. He elected to stay out. And he got alongside Jeremy Down, who was the gentleman that he was having the, the altercations with. And essentially drove Down's car straight into the wall. Mm. And then a fight broke out. And, you know, the guys climbed out of the cars. A couple punches were thrown. And it's one of those. I get it. The heat of the moment and all that type of stuff. But at the end of the day, um, like, to me, that's stuff like that can't happen in racing. I mean, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And and but it was it was it was a wild night. Especially points racing. Well, and that's the whole thing. And that's that's where it means something. Yeah. Cole with you. I want to. And by the way, Jeremy Down, the gentleman that was involved. Uh, talked to him, had a great conversation with him after the race and told him what we're doing next week. I said, hey, are any chance you're going to be out watching the races? He goes, yeah. And I said, why don't you swing on over? Yep. We'll have a chat. He's yep. like, absolutely love to. Oh, we're going to have a blast next week. Yeah, we have to tell everybody what we're doing next weekend. Oh, yeah, we, I've been, we were promoting <laughs> it a little bit uh, on Husker Rewind. Uh, but, yeah, next for those that have not heard, uh, next Sunday night, we're going to start in the afternoon. Heat index is going to be about 110, so we're going to have oh, to figure something shapers. out. Uh, Whose idea was this? Uh, it was mine, I think, <laughs> sadly. Uh, but we are going to be live at Eagle Raceway. Right now, we're kind of scheduled to be in the courtyard, pretty close to the front gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to be live from 4 to 5 with kind of a pre-race finish line. Tom and I are going to do our show from 5 to 7 live from the racetrack. 
We're going to have some some former Huskers out. I know Amon Green's going to be there jumping mm-hmm. in the two-seater. Uh, we're going to – I don't know who else is going to come out, but we're going to have some people. We'll have some, yep. And we're working it, on them now. it's going to be a blast, and then we're going to do seven to eight. The features will already be going. So there will be races on the track, but we're still going to be broadcasting live 7 to 8. We'll have some more drivers, some more crew guys. We're going to try to get some of the guys that are already locked into the main event uh, earlier on that night uh, to come in. We're going to give away some stuff. You can come out and meet us. You can meet some of our other hosts that are going to be out there. Hopefully we have fans coming out. So it's a little bit of a crossover from motorsports to football at least. Exactly. And uh, I think we're going to, yeah, we're going to be trying to do whatever we can to give some stuff away. Uh, I, I don't know. I talked to the announcers. I talked to PJ and Dan and, uh, and, and John Rowland last night. And I just said, if you guys, if I can be of any assistance, I will. I, I might. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll, whatever we'll we figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, I want to come back to little known fact. So I used to, when we were club racing, so remember I'm pavement gal, um, I ran the track and did race operations with the emergency, the flag people running around, picking them up. When you're doing club racing, you have to drive the truck and drop people off at the different stations for flags. you got to call the flags, you know, when the track is hot, when the track is closed, when you need the emergency vehicle, nothing like what's going on at Eagle. And that was all I could do to keep up, right? You know, you, you're just constant. So there's a real appreciation for, A, people following the rules because the you know, the flags are important when stuff's happening and they can't see it on the other side of the track. But for the, the tow truck people, the people that are just manning the gates, the ones that are keeping, you know, people from getting on the track in the middle of a race, you know, all those wonderful things. So good shout out to everyone at Eagle for what they do. Yeah, that the, the tow crew, like I said, and the other thing, man, you got two tow trucks, one at each end of the track. And if one of them's got a car up in the pits right. and there's a, a wreck down on that end, guess what? Yep. The other one's got to get down there. And, and we, it, of course, it rained four inches the night before. So it was the normal quagmires at the bottom of three and four. And there, it was so funny. We got to intermission. Nobody had gone for a mud bath yet. And then by the end of the night, because they had some mechanics races afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like, there like 18 cars that I guarantee you just spent like $74 today at the car wash. Because... <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah it was it was it was muddy but a uh, heck of a job by the the track prep crew too i mean i i know what it's like when you get that kind of rain and what it takes oh, to get man. the track racy right. track had some character and that makes it even <laughs> more fun so was anybody complaining about it or everybody just adjust to it so? i i honest to god truth i don't know that anybody was complaining I, mm-hmm. I i was down in the infield the whole night uh outside of when we had hauled a couple of cars up top uh, but you know, at the end of the night, it's the same racing service for everybody. And I'm sure that's something that, you know, absolutely. So uh, a couple of the other things, uh, that went on, uh, this weekend, we're going to get to victory lane, the segment here in just a minute, but NASCAR playoff field is set. And a guy that I, when he broke into NASCAR, I was a huge fan. And just because of his arrogance, I'm not anymore. And that's <laughs> Chase Elliott. He did not make the, the, uh, the chase for the championship for the first time. Uh, so he missed the NASCAR playoffs. Mm. Uh, but yeah, anyway, the other thing I want to throw out about the, the tow crew out at Eagle, um, Kevin Anderson, it's, it's the auto connection. It's the tow crew by the auto connection and Kevin Anderson owns auto connection. He, they've been out there doing it for 30 years. This is their last year. Oh no. And I, th- the shoes that are being left to fill, whoever's going to do it next year, man, I'll tell you what, uh, Beyond, I don't have a cap big enough to tip to these guys for everything that they've done over all the years because they were there when when I was calling races. But back in 2017, and this tells you about the type of human beings they are. Mm-hmm. Back in 2017, they created an award called uh, the Race Saver Nationals Frequent Flyer Award, and it's voted on by the tow crew. This year, it's going to be $1,500 in cash, oh, nice. and it's essentially a perseverance award. So, if somebody 
does one of those flips that you remember that make some highlight reel somewhere and then maybe they get into another wreck and maybe they're on the hook three or four times and maybe they do an alphabet soup run and whatever <laughs> happens but they just you could just tell they they put everything they had but things didn't work out for them they're going to walk up on sunday night and they're going to have somebody hand somebody an envelope with fifteen hundred dollars in it and that's their money that's, that's personal phenomenal. money that's phenomenal. But yeah. uh, like I said, tip of the cap to those guys and the job that they do and the way that they communicate, the way they work as one. And they, and they work in concert with the push truck guys, too. That's the other thing. Mike Peterson and, and the group of guys that do the pushing, uh, they're all and they're trying to help each other out. If some guy leaves his lights on, uh, they're quick to tell them. Because as a driver, you see lights on on something, you're right. not paying attention to what you should be if the lights are still green. You're looking around. Is something going on? Do I need to pay attention There's to something? There's a lot to pay, lot to pay attention to yeah. right on so, the track. Yeah, all those minute details, mm-hmm. man, that, uh, that crew does such hey, a Hey, speaking of flips... Job. Did you see the NASCAR flip of the uh, 41, was, my team, right? Yeah, team Ryan was, Priest. Uh, luckily, he is out of the hospital. He is okay, but that was that one was, of the more spectacular. That was one of the more spectacular ones. Like, yeah. holy smokes. And a testament to the safety that NASCAR has invested in over the years that you can walk away from that and, frankly, not really be injured. Because oh, they said it was 10 times. I counted 13 flips. It was just constant. It, it had to be on super slow-mo because it was a lot of flips it quickly. It was a lot. Of, yeah, yeah, and then flipping again. This is probably a unpopular opinion, but I absolutely hate super speedway racing. Mm. It is just, it to me as a driver, it takes no skill, and it's just try not to wreck. Skill to not and wreck. Yes, it's, it's a just, skill to not wreck. It's not racing yes. to me. It's not, you're not one against another it's you and your teammates and it's just not my cup of tea i love at all. that well that's a great debate to have right <laughs> super speedways versus not then there's road courses because who was it was complaining sorry i forget one of the drivers was just complaining about too many road courses in nascar and i was like no i love the road courses that's for me right you know so it's like you can't make everybody happy but i think you know testing their their skills on the different types of courses yeah. is, is a great thing you know that nascar does offer so. that's rebecca peterson cole newhoff hoffman over there uh austin orman driving the car tonight and i want to get to Victory Lane, if we can, Austin. Back to the walk. Am I going to have to carry you? Where to? Victory Lane. Come around here. Pan over there. That's where everybody wants to be, and that's where this party's going to finish. Victory Lane. He's waited 15 years to get back to Victory Lane here at Talladega. For the 11th time in his illustrious career. Donnie shots back in victory lane in the Knoxville. Now. He's making the right hand turn into Nas Energy Drink victory lane. The most anticipated moment in the history of NASCAR racing. Dale Earnhardt rolling into victory lane in the Daytona 500. And getting into victory lane at Daytona last night, Chris Bushler uh, was the one that brought home the win that kept Chase Elliott out and it was one where I think I don't know if there was some strategy between the drivers to keep Elliott from winning because he had a car <laughs> that was capable uh, and he finished fourth but there were guys that made sure Kevin Harvick was one of them that he did not get an opportunity to make a run but uh, the field is set 16 guys next 10 races are going to crown a cup champion in NASCAR Friday night at Daytona Justin Allgaier picked up the win they both will be at Darlington next week and then earlier today at the Milwaukee Mile Grant Infinger picks up the win in the Craftsman Truck Series Next Friday, or excuse me, Friday the 8th of September, they will be at Kansas Speedway. Big weekend down at Kansas Speedway here in a couple of weeks. High Limit Dark, they're back at it 
late in September at Lernerville. All-Stars over the weekend at Tri-City on Friday night. Zeb Wise took home the win, and then Tyler Courtney picks up the victory last night at Butler Speedway. Owner points are super close. Zeb Wise is probably going to get away with the driver title with Courtney having the back injury that he did where he missed about six weeks. But owner points... Super close. Clawson Marshall Racing, which is the 7BC that Tyler Courtney drives, is eight points ahead of the Rudine Racing, number 26, which is piloted by Zeb Wise. That's going to be a great battle all the way down to the end. They're at Attica next weekend in Ohio. World of Outlaw Sprint Cars, they were up in North Dakota at Grand Forks at River Cities on Friday night. Logan Shuhart picked up the win. He passed Sheldon Hoddenshield with two to go, and then Shuhart dominates at Red River Valley Speedway in Fargo on Saturday night. Led all 30 laps. Brad Sweet with a 56-point lead over Carson Macedo and 66 over David Gravel in the race for the championship. West Coast Swing starts next week. They will be at Skagit in Burlington, Washington for three, I believe, Thursday, Friday, Saturday next weekend. World of Outlaw Late Models over the weekend. The Davenport uh, Speedway is where they were, and it was Bobby Pierce winning the two prelim nights on Thursday and Friday, and then Brandon Shepard took home the $30,000 paycheck last night. Pierce has a 116-point lead advantage over Chris Madden. They are at Mississippi Thunder Speedway and Deer Creek Speedway next weekend are the World of Outlaw Late Models. Lucas Oil Late Models. Hudson O'Neill picks up the big win last night, and uh, RTJ leads the way. And points Ricky Thornton Jr. in the Lucas Oil Late Models. Knoxville Crown champions last night. Winning the feature was Aaron Reitzel in the 410s. Austin McCarl took home the track title. Chase Randall won the feature and the track title in the 360s. Kate Higday picks up the win in both the feature and the points for the 305s, or the pro sprints as they call them. And uh, that is their season championship for the sprint cars. At Eagle last night, Trevor Grossenbacher from 12th winds up with the win. What a run by Trevor. Got to watch it from the infield. It was fantastic. Tyler Drukey, though, is your track champion in the sprints. Modifieds last night, Cole Wayman picked up the win. And if my calculations are right, it was earlier, early this afternoon, last time I checked, they didn't have the official points updated. But by my calculations, Chad Anderson beat Anthony Roth for the modified track title by one point. Uh, Then last night in the feature, Drake Bollmeyer took home the Sport Mod win. Adam Verbko wins the track title. Kyle Vanover won the stock car feature last night. Nate Thompson wins the track title. And Brad Schreiner won the hobby stock feature last night. Ryan Gilland picked up the track title for the hobby stocks. Malvern Bank 360 Series, which is where you were Friday and Saturday. Over in Denison at Crawford County Speedway, Cameron Martin picks up the win on Friday, then at Off-Road Speedway at Norfolk last night, Joey Danley, who, by the way, is crew chief, is sitting right there. Yep. Cole Newhoffen. Uh, you guys pick up the win last night uh, in the Malvern Banks 360 Series at Off-Road Speedway. You guys trail Stewie Snyder by about 30 points in the points uh, for that. That's going to wrap up the... Victory Lane segment, it is sponsored by Eagle Chassis. They are back and better than ever. Mike Boston was talking to him last night. He's got one of the coolest, most badass-looking sprint car frames I've ever seen in my life that will debut at the track next week. The frame itself, I'm not going to tell you. You just need to go see the car. Go in the pits at some point and see that car. It is insane what he has done. I've never seen a sprint car frame look like this in my life. I've been around sprint cars since I was 10 years old. It is the coolest thing I've ever seen for a finished frame on a sprint car. But Mike owns Eagle Chassis, uh, and Eagle uh, is back. He he owns them, man. He's building these cars. He's been doing it for a long time. We run them. Yeah, and you run them, <laughs> and you win track titles with them. Uh, if you have any frame needs at all, man, give Mike a call, 402-826-0302. That'll wrap up the Victory Lane segment. So, Cole, I want to jump into last night with you. Um, 
Walk me through your night, because uh, I know what happened at Eagle. I was there. What happened with the Malverbank 360s last night? Uh, good car count and a heck of a future, from what I understand. Yeah, really, Friday at Denison, I mean, th- this is like the first year that we've really focused on our 360 program with Joey. Last year, we ran 99% 305 stuff at Eagle, picked up four wins in the track title. Um, this year, we said we want to take that next step, and thanks to Matt Warner and Empire Fence Netting, we were able to do that. We took that next step, and uh, we committed to run the Malvern Bank 360 uh, schedule this year, and it's been going pretty well so far. Um, it's just been a hard transition for me to try and get the balance right with Joey the way he likes it with the 360 car because you think 305 and 360s are the same, but they're way different, and it's it's – the way you set up a 305 versus a 360 in my opinion is not even close to each other so but yeah so at friday at denison we started second ran fifth we weren't very happy with that I, the attitude of the car was just not the way i wanted it it was driving too hard off the right rear um i made a pretty big adjustment going into norfolk on saturday i didn't know if it was going to work but i was watching some videos on my phone talked with joey and kevin about it i'm like let's just try this and see what it does and we went out for hot laps he said it felt really good heat race started second ran second track was pretty slick to the wall and then we lined up seventh in the feature and they tore up the bottom of the track like right before our feature joey and i were talking i'm like i really don't think i mean i think the moisture will be down there for a couple laps but i think it's just going to go right back to the wall where everybody's been running all night so that first lap, I mean, he went into one, and the first every row in front of him went straight to the wall, and he stuck the bottom perfectly, and and was in second coming out of two on the first lap. That's so, a nice run. Yep. Yeah. So he was in second, and then track started kind of taking rubber. He kept gaining, 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 and then there was a really long red. Uh, Boyd Peterson got in a wreck, and Joey was running second, and Chase Brown was leading. I was telling Joe, I'm like, just stay, stay calm. You got it. Just run your race you've been in this position before not with the 360 but um he knows how to win races and i was confident that he could do it so he got a really good restart was able to get around the leader coming to one and then he drove a really good race and was able to park in victory lane for the first time in his career with the 360 fantastic nice i want to get into a little bit more about uh, one a lot of what you were just talking about about the differences between 305s 360s and how you got your start in racing some i racing stuff whatever we're going to do that when we come back this is the finish line on 93.7 the ticket back with more after this back to the finish line with mike melby on 93.7 the ticket and the ticket fm.com welcome back to the finish line Right here on 93.7 The Ticket. If you want to be a part of the show, you can call or text the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, Sutter Heyman text line, 402-464-5685. If you're watching us on the stream, it is the Sutter Heyman live stream. We stream on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Plus, we are live on channel 951 on Allo. And we kind of unpacked a little bit with Cole uh, and, and what he does with Joey Danley and all that type of stuff, Cole. Newhoffen is joining us. He's the crew chief for Jason Danley. Helps out with Carson Macedo on the World of Outlaw Tour on occasion. Austin Norman driving the car. Rebecca Pearson to my right. And I know, Rebecca, you got a couple of questions uh, based off uh, the last segment. I do, definitely. Well, first of all, I want to pick up with, you said the setup was different of a 305 and a 360. So what, what's the main difference there? It's just the power and speed. 305s, mm-hmm. they're really heavy engines, and they don't make a lot of power. So it's more momentum racing than anything. 
Like when the track's heavy at Eagle, you can't really dig yourself out of your problems. Like you got to keep the car free. Some people try not to, but I've tried telling people if you keep the car free, you'll be faster. But some people <laughs> just think it's a 360. It can just run it as just tight go. as they can. Mm-hmm. But 305s just don't have the power, power to be able to. It's just momentum racing. It's keeping your momentum up. But with 360s, you can. they have the power to where if you get yourself in a tricky situation, you can just stomp down on the throttle and drive out of it. So it's it's just way different. So how did you learn? You're reasonably young, certainly next to me. How did you learn to be a crew chief? Crew chief is what everybody wants to be, right? So first, how did you learn how to be a crew chief? How did you get the crew chief job? What's that story? Well, I wanted to be a driver, but we'll not get into that. But, so <laughs> We'll come back to that. I'm not really from a racing family, which is surprising to Unusual, a lot of people. Yes. But mm-hmm. my dad brought me to the races when I was a kid just for something to do with me and him. So we started going to the races probably when I was like five or six years old. I went pretty much every Saturday with my dad and then about the time when I turned like 13 my neighbors had some sport mods and stuff but I was interested like every time they started I'd run over there and just listen to it like wow that's cool but around the time when I was like 12 or 13 um Joey Danley how I actually like met them my dad is Joey's dad's boss at at work so my dad's like well he has a sprint car and then we just kind of cheered for him he started in sport mods we were cheering for him up until he moved to sprint cars so when I was 13 years old Eagles rule was you had to be 14 to be able to go in the pits so um, I begged my parents to get me a go-kart that did not go over well never <laughs> happened but um, yeah when I was 13 I went in the pits for the first time the only reason I got into the pits was because it was a special event and somebody else was leasing the track so it was a different insurance policy so I could go in the pits so my dad and I walked up to the pit gate I remember it like it was yesterday, but they signed me in, they signed my minor release form, and then my dad was so worried, he had a track worker walk me to their trailer <laughs> on the other side of the pits. When well, if I was, you're not careful, you can get run over <laughs> in there, yeah, for sure. Before the races even started, but I walked over there. I hadn't, I'd never even held a wrench in my life before. Uh-huh. I was, I just, I just helped scrape mud. That's all I did the whole night, but I remember at intermission, I went with the Joey, he made the redraw. And then I think we drew, I drew him second or something, and he won the race. The first time I was ever in the pits, he won the race. So I was like, wow, this is awesome. Winning's fun. (laughs) And then a week later, he was running his 360 I-80, and he completely destroyed his race car. I mean, he got hurt. and So I went from one extreme to the other, winning a race and then watching the guy I just met who's I've known for a long time, like like I didn't know if he was going to get out of the car. And his girlfriend's crying, hugging me. And I'm like, I'm 13 years old. I don't know what any of this means. Like, I was, I called my dad. I'm like, he got in a wreck. I don't know what happened. I think he's okay. And my dad's like, I'm sure he's fine. Just calm down. But that's basically like where I first started. And then when I turned 14, I was like, okay, I want to do this. Like, I want to learn how these cars go fast. (laughs) Like, I grew up watching Mike Boston in 360s dominate every weekend. I was like, I want to know how he does that and why other people can't do that so um are you a mechanical engineer by training you taught yourself or I just taught myself apprentice? Much. okay so, that's great so um when i was 14 i couldn't drive their shop like our race shop i live in i graduated from waverly lived in waverly but their race shop was like 20 minute drive but i couldn't drive so i had my dad drive me to the shop drop me off then he'd leave and then kevin would take me home most of the time and then when my parents couldn't do that, my grandma would take me to the shop and I'd help them for a while. And then they'd find a way to get me back home. It was just 
it was a fiasco until I could actually get my driver's license to go back and forth. But like when I turned 14, I was dedicated. Like I wanted to help as much as I could. I mean, Joey and Kevin, they taught me everything. How to use a torque wrench, how to mount a tire, how to clean the car the right way. I mean, yeah. they've taught me everything. every basic, yeah. every basic that when it comes to how sprint cars work. And then it just, I just came obsessed with it i guess i mean i watched races all the time started going to knoxville started watching the outlaws i'm like okay not this i like i did sports and stuff growing up but racing is just what i truly fell in love with do you watch a lot of youtube videos to yes. teach yourself yep that's uh, a bunch you know. of youtube videos then mm-hmm. yeah when i turned 14 i've been doing it ever since all right God loved YouTube. So you start doing that, and then at some point, um, and, and I, the, the fun part about this is I truly don't know the backstory here. And that's why I, I, I'm excited to hear the answer to this. But you wind up, there's a guy that is a pretty prominent car owner in the midget realm named Chad Boat. And Chad Boat Industries is probably, what, second to Keith Coons as far as what you would call prestigious uh, you know, midget ownership groups. How did you get involved with Chad Boat? That was kind of later, that was like two years ago, but like the first time I ever like left Joey to go work with somebody else was actually Jake Bubak. He's like one of my best friends now. He probably is my best friend now, but he, I met him, we broke something on Joey's car. I recognized that he ran the same style of part on his car. So I went over there. I'm like, Hey, can I borrow this real quick for our next race? He's like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Two weeks later, he's like, Hey, you want to go to Texas for a week and run this ASCS speed week? Little did I, I was in band. I don't admit that to a lot of people, but I was. I was in band, I and we, <laughs> and we, I, I'm surprised I even said that on the radio. But, oh, and you know what the next question is. We had our, coming. <laughs> we had our band trip to Florida the same exact week that I was going to go. Band camp? It was our band trip. It was to Florida. <laughs> they do it every four years. Mm-hmm. It's one trip. The ASCS Speed Week that Jake asked me to go to was the same exact time. I wrote probably a page to my parents explaining why they're gonna throw away the money they just paid for this trip and why i want to go do this instead so we donated my trip to somebody else who wasn't gonna be able to go so he got to go to that trip and then i went racing (laughs) so that that was that's like the first time that i truly like left home and went racing like at a high like ascs 360 level not just 305s at eagle where in Florida did you go? Do you remember? Oh, I, I ended up not going to oh, Florida. Okay. I went to oh. Texas. Oh, to te- where in Texas did you go? Uh, Lubbock, and oh, we okay. raced oh my gosh. some in uh, Oklahoma, some did you tracks around there. Sing the songs that you have to sing when you go to Lubbock, Texas? You know? No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> we just raced. <laughs> there's goodness. quite a few. Yes, no, there's quite a few. Oh, my gosh. All right, I have to ask, what did you play in band? Um, <laughs> you, you started it. I so. played the trumpet, and then I played the baritone, and then I was a drum major my senior year. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Those are all respectable. Respectable. What, what's the word? Respectable. respectable. Thank you. I was like, life. what is that word? Yeah, at least you were not a trombone player like I tried to be for three months yeah. and then went, yeah, no, this is not happening. <laughs> and it wasn't cymbals and, you know, and some other yeah. things like that. So, all right, good job. Okay. So you, you move along in your, your racing career and you've, you know, you're having some success with Joey. You get in with, with Jake Bubak. Now, it, how does, does Bubak drive then for Chad Boat? Is that no, or, no. So, that's so where, how did Chad Boat? How, how the Chad Boat thing happened was, I don't even know. I think he just messaged me on Facebook and was like, "Hey, you want to? 
if you'd ever be interested in working, I mean, we got, we're going to run Indiana Midget Week. We need another help. We need another hand to come. He's like, I'll fly, I'll fly you to North Carolina. We'll pay you. We'll take care of you. We'll do all that stuff. And I'm like, why not? I'll go do it. So I went to North Carolina, did that for like two weeks. It was fun, but midgets are just, I, just, I like sprint cars. Midgets are just <laughs> different. So I, I, that's only like the two weeks I really worked on a midget, but it wasn't like, it was a great opportunity. I'm thankful for Chad for giving that to me. It was, it was a good experience, but sprint cars are where my passion is. Are they more mechanically challenging to you for sprint cars just, or why do you like them better? Sprint cars are faster They're faster, and yeah. it's not kids racing. It's men racing mm-hmm. more respect in sprint cars. Um, well, how about NASCAR formula one? Like yeah. where do they fit for you? Uh, um, you I watch any interest in, I watch all, all kinds of mm-hmm. racing. It doesn't really matter what it is. All right. Well, when we get my old tech guy from ExxonMobil on, you'll have to listen because, you know, they talk about all the technology behind the Formula One cars, which, by the way, they were at Zandvoort this uh, today and yesterday. Right. So which is uh, near where I used to live in Belgium. And I've been on that track. Very cool track. So kind of a fun, a fun race, except that, uh, you know, Max Verstappen is winning everything. (laughs) And now he's tied Sebastian Vettel for nine consecutive wins in a row, which is very boring. If you know anything about Formula One, right, it's whenever these teams just, like, keep winning, everybody complains about Formula One and the rules and the cars and everything else. So, anyway, he made a record. Well, and it's it's funny you mentioned that because you had mentioned you grew up watching Mike Boston dominate in 360s, and, you know, back when he was doing that, he, there's a lot of people that didn't like him just because he it's he the, dominating. The, yeah. yeah he dominates all the time and mm-hmm. you, people just get to, oh he's got to be cheating really does he yeah well and that's the thing like i still remember one night when when we were running uh with with ty jensen and i were uh well ty was driving i was scraping mud and changing tires but uh for ivan tracy back in 2018 you were helping joey out and you guys had a night uh you finished second in a b so you qualified for the a and I want to say Joey lapped like the 10th place car on the A and won the feature. I, I remember that night, actually. We got wrecked in the heat race, yeah. fixed the car, got second in the B, started like 19th and won the feature. Yeah. And that was like, that's the one I'll never forget. That's, yeah, and, and, and it was something where it was funny because you guys were pitted next to us. And I've known Kevin for years and back when he was driving and stuff. And, and it's just, and people are like, oh, he had to be cheating. I'm like, well, what, what, how is he cheating? <laughs> like, really? I mean, it's all shocks. And there's like the little adjustments that you guys can make. And, and by the way, I, I see all the stuff that goes into the teching of these cars. Yeah. I mean. And it costs money. I was going to give you, you know, you gave Matt Warner at Empire Fence a shout out. He's a friend of the station. I've known him my whole, like. Great guy. I've known him my entire life. Great guy. Great company. Very close family friend. Yep. And so Joey, they're they're low budget for a long, we still are low budget. Let's be honest. But, um. I went to Matt with this crazy idea. I'm like, you got to come out to Eagle. I want you to watch this sprint car, and then I'm going to present you with this really crazy idea. And we'll. I, so you made the pitch. Yeah, cool. I, I made the pitch. With Did you get Matt. commission? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I, I just it wanted all went to help into the, the car. Team. I just wanted yep. to help the team. And Matt. That's awesome. Without Matt, we wouldn't have. For one, we wouldn't be racing 360s right now. Number two we wouldn't have had the success we've had the past That's three great. years without his help. He's so, been a huge, huge help yeah. for our team. Testament to the sponsors and how important they oh, are. Very important. Yeah. What was your pitch? How did you convince him? I just, Empire's a local company in Waverly. Mm-hmm. The tracks at Eagle, we race there most weekends. And I don't know how, I don't know how this works, but every time Matt went to the races, we won. <laughs> and his son, Ben. 
Like every time they came, we won. I don't know if it was some weird He's got freak some karma. Thing, mm-hmm. But every time you showed up, we did well. And Matt likes winning. Matt's a competitive person. He, is very he competitive. likes winning. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was my pitch. And it, and it, us winning, I think, is ultimate what sold him over. And does he do any mentoring with you guys? He's an amazing leader. He, he's a, he? he's yeah. an amazing he's like, leader. Yeah. Um, he built that company from the ground he up. He did. He's got a great story. Yeah. It's, I'm yeah. sure he's just a great coach on the sidelines. Yeah. yeah. He's he's <laughs> like an, he's like he's like another father. To me. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. That's Cole Newhoffen, Rebecca Pearson to my right, Austin Norman driving the car. I'm Mike Melby. We'll be back with more finish line right after this on 93.7 The Ticket. Back to the finish line with Mike Melby on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back to the finish line here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. If you're watching on the Sarder Heyman live stream, thank you very much. We are live on Allo Channel 951. We stream live on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. That's Cole Newhoffen. He is the crew chief for Jason Danley, 2022 Eagle Raceway Sprint Car Track Champion. Rebecca Pearson to my right. Austin Norman driving the car. You'd mentioned when the car, a 305 specifically at Eagle, it's faster if it's looser. So I have a pretty good understanding what you're talking about. Up until I started getting more involved and doing what you did a little bit with just forcing your way onto a pit crew and helping and learning, there's a lot of fans that never have that opportunity kind of walk us through things you would do to to loosen up the car so i feel like what's most important in sprint car racing is just finding the balance that you want i'm getting the attitude right in the car and what i mean by attitude which is kind of hard to explain but so sprint cars they have the big wings on top and the cars lean to the left you want the car to be leaning to the left and turning the drive you don't want the driver to be in there sawing left on the wheel because that just scrubs your speed. You want him to be as still as possible with the wheel. You want to have attitude in the car, but also find a way to get maximum grip. So when the track slicks off, you want to do things like take stagger away, add a rebound to the right rear, add a rebound to the left rear, um, change a bar, change... I mean, you, you could change all different types of things. To It's just keeping up with the track is the hardest part of being a crew chief. And um, Joey knows I don't... He's going to hate me for saying this, but Joey is not very good at feedback. <laughs> Let's put it this it's way. hard with your driver, yes. <laughs> I, I watch him go around the track and watch his, his hands, hands movement. Right. Watch, see how his much head. he's using the brake, mm-hmm. which is kind of hard to tell, but I can, I'm getting pretty good at it, I think. But um, like when I was a kid, he came off the track and – this was like when I first knew that like, okay, I think I kind of know what I'm talking about was he came off the, or Joey didn't do very good or something. And I walked back and Kevin's like, how do you think he looked? I'm like, I think he looked really loose. And Kevin's like, no, he was really tight. I thought he looked really tight. And Joey came in and we're like, how'd you feel? He's like, I was so loose. I couldn't even drive the thing. I was like, huh, I saw that. I I think I might know something. Yeah. So um, it's a whole language into itself, yeah. right? It's, so how did you learn to make the adjustments, right? So how um, did you... It's just Kevin taught me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Phil Dietz has taught me a lot. We could talk about that. But um, it's sprint cars are pretty simple. If People can overcomplicate it, but in reality, they're pretty simple. You got the stagger, which is the difference in circumference between the right rear and the left rear tire. You got your spacing, how close it is to the chassis. So the closer the right rear in, the tighter, the harder it is going to be to turn. The farther out the right rear is, 
the more it's going to want to turn in. And it's just balancing all that. It's just balancing it to get maximum grip, but also the driver being able to turn the car and be comfortable. And what throws it out of kilter during a race? So, you know, they're bumpy, right? These dirt tracks. Not, yeah. Not like pavement. That's that's the driver's job. Yep. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a car that will, get, will have grip, but it's your job to drive it on the track, pass people, mm-hmm. make passes. And Joey is very soft-spoken. He doesn't say a lot, but he can drive the hell out of a race car. I'll mm-hmm. give him that. Yeah, he, he definitely can. Um, one of the things that I know you have to do is, all right, assuming it's a track you've been to, obviously Eagle, a lot. The first five, seven laps of that race, you don't really care what the track's doing or what it's like. The last five to seven laps of that race are when you truly are trying to predict what the track is going to be like and how the car's supposed to set up. So I know guys will sit there and they may, they may look horrible for the first handful of laps. They're super tight. All of a sudden, that moisture starts to go away. It slicks off, and the car comes to them. Yep. How do you do that? How do you, like? Is it just generally a feel? It's just gut? looking at the track and seeing how much moisture is left in it. Um, I mean, Eagle. I've had. I mean, I've been to so many races at Eagle. I can pretty. We can run the same thing every week for the most part. I mean, you don't want to get comfortable with what you run, but um, you don't want to like spin yourself out in the head either, which is easy to do. But um, it's just years of knowing what the track's going to do. Sometimes when we go to these new tracks, like we have been with the 360, I'm like, I think it's going to slick off, but I don't know how much it's going to slick off. So I'm kind of just going to split the difference with the setup and hope you can manage it. And you don't have pit stops in dirt track yeah. racing, right? So, you know, watch, like, again, like Formula One, they started a rain so that some of them started on slicks, some started on intermediates, whatever. Dirt track, you pick your tire, pick your whatever, yeah. pick your setup, and off you go. There's no adjustments. One of the uh, the shows that we've got here on 93.7, the ticket is a, a – basically esports show uh amon green former husker obviously is the Univers- university of nebraska esports head coach and we love i love sprint car racing online because it's more affordable i would love to drive a real one trust me uh but it's far more yeah it's far more <laughs> affordable to do it online back a few years ago that was kind of something where you weren't as heavily involved with the sprint cars as you are now running 360s and 305s helping out Carson Macedo etc um which I know is now your passion that's the direction you're going but you were like 12th in the world in i-racing sprint cars a handful of years ago how did you how the hell do you get that good man <laughs> I need tips <laughs> I don't so actually I I heard about i-racing coming out I'm like well I'm probably I'm not going to get a real car anytime soon. I can't pay for it. My parents don't really want to pay for it. So I guess I'll just detassel for a summer and use that money. <laughs> and I used that money to buy a gaming computer that would run iRacing. So I started doing iRacing. Stu Snyder actually gave me a wheel and pedals to be able to do it. So I did that, and I was just good at it off the bat, I guess. I, I don't know. I just was not – I don't want to call my – I was just I, good at it, I guess. Okay. Well, now, I always hear this. From the standpoint of setups. It's not It's, it's not close. No. <laughs> no. no because, and I, not like, even remotely. Yeah, nope. I'll sit there and, and adjust no different things on the World of Outlaw games. They just had the new update mm-hmm. where you can drive midgets now, and I can race the Chili Bowl. By the way, I yeah. won my first <laughs> night there. Um, but it's it's so different. I understand what needs to happen in the car on a track, and I understand what the adjustments in the game do. But... Did you just literally spend tens and hundreds and probably thousands of hours messing with setups to get the car better? 
when you were when yes. you're eye racing okay <laughs> yes and no like some people like i was one of the ones that didn't practice a lot but there that's probably why i didn't ever get like to that top five like winning the out world of outlaws series races very often i just didn't have the time to do that some people would practice every night for hours and hours and hours and test and test and test and test and i'm like i got a life like i want to work on the real thing this is (laughs) just fun right um like any video game it can be all consuming right and if some people dedicated their life to it i'm like i'm dedicated i'm dedicating my life to the real thing this isn't going to get me as far as I want to go when it comes to real racing. Did so. you have fun playing people from all over the world? Oh, I yeah. that was kind of I'm cool. still friends with some. Yeah. Like at Knoxville, there's usually one guy that comes up and says, I used to race you on iRacing. I'm oh, like, oh, my. wow, that's cool. That's awesome. But, yeah. Yeah. No, that's really fun. It was one of the first series, I think, where you could race over the internet, right? Yeah. We've got about 60 seconds, and then uh, Ricky Simmons is going to get his happy on. He's got a in-studio guest today. TJ McDowell will be here. Cole, give me about 30 seconds. What was the phone call like or the conversation like when you were asked to help out Carson Macedo? Yeah, it was life changing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got to know Philip Dietz. It's, it's a long story that we don't have time for, but Philip Dietz is the crew chief on that car. Um, I m- met him when I was a kid. I'm like, I want to work for you. He's like, well, we got help. And he, like, he kind of just shoved me away. Like I was another kid that just wanted to help the team. Sure. But long story short. I ended up kind of forcing my way onto like a, his side team, and then which eventually led to getting on the main team. And I'm just, I'm not going to sit here and say he's giving me a setup sheet and saying, hey, go do this. But um, he's just taught me a lot about how to be a leader, how to be a crew chief, how, how to, what to look for in adjustments and stuff like that. You must Fantastic. have natural talent, right? They don't come after you if you don't. So give yourself some props for that. Yeah. Yeah. Cole Newhoffen, thank you very much for joining us on the finish line here on 93.7 The Ticket. Rebecca, great job. As always, Austin, thank you so much. Ricky Simmons up next. Get your happy on with TJ McDowell right here on 93.7 The Ticket.